Varal, welcome back to Balling in the Six. Introduce yourself back to fans who may not have seen you for a whole two weeks. Yeah, well, it's been longer than two weeks. Um, it's been quite a few months now. Uh, uh, I think, I think you misremembered our course. discussion about Miami a couple of weeks ago. Oh, of course. Sir? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, and where we that. promised... It was such an important discussion. I can't believe it has actually escaped my mind. But, um, yeah, nothing much has really happened in the past two weeks for me, apart from um, the homeland, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Kurdistan, being invaded uh, by Mr. Erdogan's government. Um, so aside from that, nothing's really changed from my end. Well, that's pretty pretty sort of ordinary sort of week for you, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, just an invasion. Well, we gotta, we got to spice it up then, and I think we need to do some predictions. We've got... Not just you and me, but we've also got our London correspondent and our Portland correspondent who've all chipped in with predictions. But Varal, what are the categories? Yeah, let me just run through them quickly. So first and foremost, we're starting off with bottom of each conference. We're going to then transition into most improved player and then breakout star. Then we're going to have MVP, which are potentially one of the spicy discussions, but one of the ones you've probably heard many times on ESPN, which is why I think you'll appreciate our perhaps more unique categories. Then we're moving on to our Rookie of the Year, and then the combined category of Finals, MVP and NBA Champions. And last but not least, we're going to leave the last category as a surprise, and I hope later on that you will appreciate that pun. Well, uh, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to that very much. So, what do we start with? Go on, let's 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 go straight into it. I don't care about all this. We're a short, sharp podcast, and we're going to live up yeah. to our reputation. So, if you're actually paying careful attention, um, you would have remembered that we are starting with the bottom of each conference. Right, and I think what would be good if is is if I give some odds before, or in fact, you know what? Let's make our predictions, and then I'll give the odds to show how wrong or how in step you are with the bookmakers. Varel, I'll let you go first yeah, yeah. because you are by definition trash and so you recognise others. Real recognise real. So tell us who's yeah, finishing I, bottom I of the East. Can't deny that. Can't deny that. Well, you see, um, I have uh, previously looked at these odds um, and um, something that we have garnered a reputation for is actually going against what the bookmakers uh, typically predict. However, when it comes to these predictions, uh, in the Western Conference, I don't see any other teams other than really the Grizzlies and the Suns finishing bottom. Um, I, well, I, I can go into it now, but uh, when it comes to the Grizzlies, um, it really does come down to how well that their uh, young tandem of uh, Yara Morant and Jaron Jackson gel mesh together but uh, when it comes to the Suns I mean how much longer are we going to wait for uh, Devin Booker to make this uh, team a playoff contending team let alone a playoff team well it's not just Booker they've uh, recruited Ricky Rubio and they've got DeAndre Ayton in his sophomore year now in his second year so it's not it's not bad a team when you look at it especially with an assist they got an assist in now right they were playing who was it Tyler Johnson last year uh, yeah. they've had yeah, they 
shaky run of point guards. So I think with Ricky Rubio, uh, they they might do something. They're going to compete, but they I don't not sure if they'll finish bottom. Yeah. So um, Ricky did look like he was shooting better at EuroBasket, but then everyone seems to shoot better at EuroBasket, and it's something we've discussed before. It's um. European regulation three-pointers, meaning it is slightly easier than the NBA three-pointer. So potentially that may be a, an anomaly, but um, hopefully he can actually give uh, DeAndre Ayton more touches because uh, he actually had the fourth highest usage percentage on the Suns team last year, which is absolutely ridiculous. He should be really a 1B to Devin Booker's 1A when it comes to uh, being able to uh, dominate down low but potentially also does show the transition of the NBA with the fact that he is a more traditional kind of big man and um, he's not getting those touches on the low block uh, perhaps as much as he should be. Yep, that's very true. That's very true and um, but as, as you say, the, apart from those three players, the rest of the Suns roster is pretty trash but I'm not sure if it really compares to how bad the Grizzlies are this year. Of course, they picked up, you know, Andre uh, Andre Iguodala, but he's not going to play uh, in a tanking team. Their sort of starting lineup is gonna include the likes of Bruno Caboclo, uh, who is still two oh, years no. being two years away. Uh, the likes of they've got both Jacksons now, Josh and Jaron. Who, yeah. I mean, Jaron Jackson, of course, is is was quite excellent last year. However, I think what the Grizzlies can do is actually rely on, obviously they can rely on Ja Morant, who is in going to be in the running for Rookie of the Year, as we'll discuss later, but also Jonas Valanciunas. So of course they traded Gasol last year for uh, DeLon Wright, Valanciunas and CJ Miles. They've kept hold of Jonas Valanciunas. Now the one thing Valanciunas didn't get when he was at the Raptors, despite being an excellent player, he was never the main man. He was also always third fiddle to Lowry and DeRozan, and so he wasn't given as much of a chance to shine. Valanciunas needs to be one of the main men on the team. If not the first option, he needs to be that second go-to guy or the bench leader, which he played in Toronto uh, yeah. at some time to very great effect. So the Grizzlies, essentially it's how the, it's how the manager plays it. They want to tank, so I'm not even sure if they're going to play Valanciunas uh, or just give someone like Jaron Jackson all those minutes and the young players all those minutes. Jonas Valanciunas is a very good uh, guy to flip at the deadline, maybe, for a pick. Um, but I think unless they go with him and use him as a first option, the Grizzlies are going to finish bottom. Well, that's, well, really, that's really interesting, interesting that, that you that said, you said um, they, wouldn't they wouldn't even consider Andre Iguodala because um, um, somebody with that sort of veteran uh, experience, I think it's invaluable to not only be in the locker room, but actually play alongside those youngsters on court. But... Um, also, I would I would say when it comes to Jonas, um, I was surprised previously, well, last year, at how young he actually still is. Um, when you think of how long he's been in the league, I thought he'd be like maybe approaching 30, but I still believe he's around, what, 26, 27? He's 27. 27, yeah. So, um, if those guys really live up to their potential, I mean, Jaron Jackson, we might uh, come to when it comes to most improved player, but... Um, yeah, this team, maybe not next year, but maybe potentially the season after is the team you actually may be looking at to get into the playoffs. So um, it's just, it's to, to be honest, Kamel, just to wrap this up, it, it is absolutely ridiculous how deep, I know we've talked about how deep the Western Conference is, but this year with 
how even a playing field it is across so many teams. It's 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 astounding actually, and to be honest, you could make that argument for some teams in the East, which we'll discuss next. However, I should give the insider knowledge from both our London and Portland correspondents, who actually both voted along with me for the Grizzlies. Um, as you might be surprised, as do the bookmakers uh, who rate the Timberwolves, Grizzlies and the Suns as the three teams least likely to make and win the NBA Finals. Yes, and I guess I'm, I'll settle with the final pick of the Suns. Yeah, that's more than fair. Right, that's noted. The East, let's go through the East very briefly, because as you said, it's not as stacked and it might actually be a little bit easier. If you wouldn't mind, I would go first here and I'm actually going to say the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, we saw how terrible they were last year, of course. I mean, Colin Sexton was making strides. They had some others, but again, since LeBron left, they've really been in sort of purgatory where they have no idea what they're doing they had vets who they didn't all flip at the deadline and who, who did they get in the draft this year the Cavs see that's that's what I was trying to remember now um I believe they were around like the seventh pick um let me just have a look they were um, yeah they were the seventh pick and they picked up is it Darius Garland Yep, Darius Garland. Um, yeah. But when you look at that roster, with the exception of him, of course, Sexton, you've got, you know, your your countryman, Sadie Osman there, who's not a, not a bad player at all. But no, 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 you, no. you don't expect the light. You, I, I'm very surprised Kevin Love hasn't been flipped already. I don't see anyone who can lead the Cavs to over 30 wins, to be honest. I mean... It's a very, very poor roster. It includes the likes of Della Dover, past his prime. Thompson, doubt he'll even play. Um, they've got a D-Wade, though. It's not the D-Wade that we all know and love. It's Dean Wade, in fact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who's on a two-way contract. It's close <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, close enough. maybe they're trying to recreate that sort of magic. And, uh, of course, they've got yeah. uh, Sixers legend Timothy Luau Carrot, or Cabarro, as he prefers to be called. So right. it's 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 not ideal. Um, I think head coach John John Balian has got a task on his hands. So I'm going with no other team than the Cavs. I don't see how you can argue otherwise. It is it is quite hard to argue otherwise. I think the Knicks potentially um, are the only other ones you can really argue. Now, uh, when you actually look at the odds, the Hornets are really. Um, side by side with them, and funnily enough, the Wizards, um, which are, which really surprises me because um, at least they have like a player close to like superstar level. Well, let's say he's a solid All Star when it comes you to think, uh, Bradley Beal. He's gonna stay there by the deadline. Yeah. See, um, when I'm making these predictions, I guess I'm making them based on, which are probably quite naive and non-pragmatic of me but it's I'm just assuming much like everything yourself. is going to stay <laughs> everything is going to stay the same and nobody's going to get injured um, that that we uh, that we know of I guess like the injuries that have already happened we all, obviously we have to take into account some of them might come back earlier than predicted but um, how, that's how I'm making these predictions so 
Uh, with that in mind, bearing that in mind, I think um, the Knicks really like Kevin Knox aside. Um, Frank, you're, you're you're being serious about the Knicks. You're being serious about a team, a roster which has the young stars like Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Alfred Payton, Frank, French guy, can't pronounce his second name, Dennis Smith Jr., Mitchell Robinson. You know. And they have a great mix of experience. They've got three-point shooters in Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington, Alfonso Trier. Uh, you know, I think the Knicks could actually make a run for, you know, 10th or 9th seed. And maybe, you know, they'll be in the running for, for 8th seed, I think, up to up till March or so. Good Lord, I, I clearly haven't done my research. I, um, knew, I didn't know that they had both Reggie and Wayne Ellington. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, in my in my mind they're just like a bunch of young players who are without a leader they're going to really. No, struggle. I mean even, um, even then they got Taj Gibson and Marcus Morris to guide the younguns. Yeah, it's just they have so many power forwards. I just and I so guess many because their free agency went so poorly for them. You uh, I think the narrative that was spun just just that they're absolutely. Um, in no man's land for next year but it so it is then surprising that their odds are so horrible um alongside those other teams but um potentially that that's made me change my pick um and i'm going to probably go with the hornets um because i do think we're going to see a kevin love that's rejuvenated that let's not forget the kevin love of the t wolves of course that man's never going to return but he was an absolute monster both when it came to rebounding and um just offensively, consistently putting up like 28 and 12 type okay, games. What are, talking, what are you talking about Kevin Love for? Am I having a, um, a moment here? Um, the yeah, fact I mean, that he's still injured. Yeah, yo, he's not on the Hornets though. No, sorry. Um, that's, uh, I guess, um, <laughs> I, I didn't phrase my point very well, but... Um, oh, this is why the Cavs won't finish bottom. Yeah, okay. this is why the Cavs won't Fair finish enough. bottom. Um, but yeah so when it comes to the Hornets I just think with how inefficient Terry Rozier is this is a league where superstars win and um, losing somebody like Kemba Walker we're going to see this season how integral he is to that system I don't think anyone's debating that they run their they ran sorry their offense around him and to substitute that with not you couldn't even call Terry Rozier a poor man's Kemba Walker. Like, I don't know what what kind of poor man's he is, but um, they're going to have a really, really difficult time. Oh yeah, they will. I mean, they they have actually picked up someone called Kobe Kobe Simmons, maybe to try and recreate that sort of superstar feel around around Charlotte. But again, like D Wade and the Cavs, I doubt it will sort of have have an impact on the court itself. Um, yeah, if you just look at that best player, it's Nicholas Batum, and that's probably all that needs to be said. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so you're going for the Hornets, I'm going for the Cavs. Uh, Jeffries, Samuel Jeffries is going for the Hornets as well. And uh, I forgot to introduce the name, of course, of our London correspondent, Namdi, who's at Namdi229. He's going for the Knicks, which is a very surprising pick. Right, that's teams done. That's the trash done. Can we have uh, can we have some positivity around here? Mm, absolutely. Uh, probably spend a bit too much time on a absolute refuse. Uh, so we're going to most improved player. And if you'd like to start oh. now, 
That is, I mean, that's a curious one. Hang on one second. Yes, I'm bald. Great. So my MIP is not going to be Pascal Siakam, who of course just took it. I think my MIP is going to be the Andre Ayton. Now I know it's quite rare to get it in your second season. Most people get it maybe in their third or fourth. You know the Oladipo's, the Siakams of the world. But the Andre Ayton showed enough last year to prove that just with a bit of experience, with more games, learning under the tutelage of senior players, whether that be players like Jackson. Players like, of course, they lost TJ Warren, the Suns, but players like Rubio, who, of course, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, is going to give them more touches, going to give them more experience. I think the Suns won't compete, but I think the Aiton could be a big reason for if they get maybe 35 wins or so, for big reason for those 35 wins. Yep, that's a reasonable pick. Um, why I would just disagree with that straight away is because um you just have to for this category um you kind of throw logic out of the window to a degree because it's i would i would also phrase it as like a breakout season because it's like if you look at previous winners you don't typically see guys win it who go say jump from like nine or ten points to say 15 or 16 points these are players who have their breakout season. If I just rattle off like the previous winners, Siakam potentially is one of the worst winners. We'll see how he develops later on. But when you look at the previous winners, like these are guys who've developed into like perennial all-stars almost. So you look at Oladipo, Yanis, CJ McCollum, Jimmy Butler, Dragic, who's still an exceptionally good player, Paul George, Ryan Anderson's probably the shaky one there. But if you look at the past seven or eight years, it's players who averaged like 20 points plus in that uh, breakout season so to speak so with bearing that in mind um, I think you have to look at which player is going to be probably the most or the second most important piece on a good team That that's typically who wins and because the Suns are going to be so trash I don't think Aiton will really even have a sniff of the award unless he puts up like 25 and 11. That's fair. I mean, so who are you going for? Because there's not that many candidates. Great team, great young player, ready to burst on the scene. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which makes it quite difficult. So potentially, um, because this team is going to be a good team next year, the Boston Celtics, we're really looking at uh, those two young players as... um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as two big favourites, um, which maybe I would disagree with personally. But uh... well, to be honest, that's not—it's not a terrible option. I mean, if we look at—I uh, was just chatting to our Portland correspondent earlier, who also chose Jason Tatum just because he had that sort of sophomore slump that a lot of players, talented players, tend to do. And of course, sort of you look at the Celtics are going to have a bit of a bounce back to what was a really, really disappointing and quite clunky last campaign almost. So Tatum could definitely do it. But to be honest, I think it could be a few players on the Celtics who could make big strides. Yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. Um, like both, uh, sorry, both um, Kyrie and uh, losing, I'm having a blank with his name, um, Sixers. What's the Sixers name? losing. No, sorry, it's the guy who went from the Celtics to the Sixers. Al Horford. Al Horford, exactly. So those young guys, like, if they, they need to step up for Celtics to be within that uh, Eastern Conference playoff, like, picture later on but um especially with aaron baines gone to the suns now you know exactly second best player in the league so um for my pick um who i'd really like to see win who i think maybe would deserve to win if this category wasn't so skewed towards like uh, those good players on good teams um i'd like to see either shea gildress alexander or um jaron jackson yeah, uh, good picks. Good picks. Be given chances because um, Jam Jackson, he had an absolutely phenomenal season last year. Um, 14 points a game, um, ran five, six rebounds a game. And within his new role, I expect he, it would, I'd be extremely, extremely surprised if he wasn't um, around 19, 20 points per game uh, at about 50% field goal efficiency. Um, I'd be extremely surprised if that didn't happen. Because of Grizzlies are trash, he's probably yeah not yeah he'll get the touches he'll get the uh, he'll get the action and of course build on his rookie. What do you think of these picks, uh, Jeffries as well as Tatum? He picked Jamal Murray, uh, Ben yeah. Simmons, which is actually quite a hipster pick because of course we've seen Simmons maybe he's developing a shot. I know it was against preseason against a non NBA team, but you know if Simmons hits a three jumper, then you know who knows. Um, Bam Adebayo who, when you look at it statistically, is an extremely helpful player on defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a Miami team who got rid of Whiteside, will continue to improve and, you know, he'll start this year. He'll start for a good Miami team. That's a great That pick. we want to keep an eye on. And um, I know we're giving him liberties, but he also, Jeffrey's also picked uh, Hassan Whiteside for most improved player, which I think we can ignore <laughs> as, as a troll yeah. pick. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Namdi who picked Lonzo Ball as the MIP slash breakout star. Uh, I'm sure we'll discuss the Pelicans a little bit later, but that's that's that could be a very sensible pick. Uh, new team, that's new style of play. Just, Let's shape the team around him. You know what I mean? Go on. Because he had the injury-plagued season last year. He was only 10 points a game, and it seems like he's developed a shot now. He's going to be getting a lot of young help surrounding him um, in an offense that's He's not going to be the focal point, but really seeing the tandem, the pick and roll duo of him and Zion, um, if that works well, that team could really um, potentially make the eighth seed. So it, it's a safe pick, I think, Alonzo. I, I think our, all of us would be very surprised if he didn't at least maybe shoot um, competently from free, uh, say of 32 or 33% with how much time he's had off. Yeah, or at least maybe develop into a Rondo style player, right? Assist, assist first, Ru- uh, Rondo slash Rubio, sorry. Which, which is you, what you say that, right so. now. He's a better player than Rubio, though. Right, right now. No, 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 no. Really? Uh, Rubio's just got the experience in him. I don't see what Lonzo's got over Rubio right now. Really? I'm definitely the better playmaker. I'd say Lonzo's maybe. Well, I'd say for sure top five um, passes in the league. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, but I think Rubio's in that top five as well. So it, yes, it's a break, but, but in, in any sense, yeah, go on. 
yeah, sorry, Lonzo, I'd say, is the better slasher again already, um, just with yeah. his speed and athleticism. I, ball handling probably goes to Rubio, but then defense, um, I think Lonzo's defense has been heralded by um, much of the media uh, past year when he, when he was playing. Right. No, that's fair. That's fair, and I think uh, we we could we could actually see a rare win for Namdi here. Um, we're gonna go. So we've looked at players who can make the jump. What about players who are just starting out straight from college? Um, I'm actually gonna switch it up here. I'm gonna give the odds beforehand because I think some of these are quite obvious. Yeah. Odds yeah. on to win Rookie of the Year, none other than Zion Williamson. Of course, I mean there's nothing need to be said. He's looked like a monster in preseason. Um, then you've got Jama Run, you've got the Knicks RJ Barrett in, you've got Darius Garland, who we lamented on the on a very poor Cavs team. Got Michael Porter Jr., Jarrett Culver, DeAndre Hunter, and then I think uh, it's worth highlighting that just after these comes Kobe White and Rui Hachimura, who looked really good in uh, the FIBA World Cup earlier this year. Yeah. Um... Me, us, uh, we previously recorded this episode, and I know um, usually technically our episode is absolutely flawless, um, but we had some uh, mic issues, and we had a moment, Mel and I, because we both said this sneaky pick for this award, and I was very surprised he mentioned it first, but Kobe White. I absolutely agree with you there, and would you please like to elaborate on... um, why it is that you see so much potential in him? Well, one, he was the most fun player to watch in March Madness, probably with the exception of Zion Williamson. Uh, he's a point guard now, and he's going to get a lot of touches. He was he was picked pretty high, um, and you know he's on he's on a weak team right now, right? He's on the uh, he's on the Bulls. He's going to probably start alongside Zach Levine, who I think could be a very good. Mental, he's got Jimmy. Uh, sorry, I was about to say he's got Jimmy Butler on his team, but he's got a few yeah. other experienced players in there. You know, he's got Laurie Markinen as well. So they've got they kind of can form a little trio and the Bulls. And I think Kobe White will be very exciting and complement that sort of style of play earlier. He is a bit low in the odds. It's going to be a surprise if he does win. I mean, he is 22 to 1 on to win, so it's you know, it's not it's not ideal as such. But it's 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 a sneaky pick. However, that that isn't my pick. You know, I'm gonna go safe because I need I need a point too. Because you know, if the host loses, then then it's very embarrassing. And I believe the podcast rules is that someone like you would have to, have to become the host, which would crash the podcast at the end of the season. So I am yeah. just gonna go yeah, for Zion Williamson. Many people thought he's just it's just unanimous. He's an ex LeBron. People were looking out. For him to actually fail in preseason against other teams, he's playing against other first teams, and he's doing just fine. And he's showing that explosiveness. He's shooting the likes of 11 from 12 and 12 from 13 in a couple of preseason games. He'll be such a danger on the inside, and I doubt even the best rim blockers will be able to stop him. He's got a three as well. That's why I'm choosing Mr. Zion Williamson. And let's hear your pick, Ogisi. It's Zion. It's Zion. Uh, as long as he keeps uh, his three-point percentage around 30%, just so defenders respect that and don't sag off him completely. Um, even if that happens, like you said, I think 
um, Zion's basketball intelligence is just not mentioned enough. They just keep talking about his intelligence, but to shoot that higher percentage, when again, the, these teams, they haven't seen much tape of him, of course, at a professional level, but Zion's been in the media eye for like two, three years now. And um, we'll see as the season progresses, if the teams start to figure him out, so to speak. But um, yeah, I don't think you can really pick anyone other than Zion based on preseason performances. However, Tyler Hero, um, people are getting extremely Ooh, excited hello. for him. Tell, tell uh, us a bit more about Tyler Harrow because I actually skipped him on the way to Mr. Hachimura. So please tell us more. Yeah, I honestly, I I haven't even bothered to do much research on him just because the hype is, is overwhelming. It is, I think um, Miami Heat fans are just really excited that with there's, there's somebody <laughs> else that can help Jimmy Butler. Um, honestly, I haven't even seen much tape of him. I can't tell you much, but he's... Getting a lot of hype in Miami. That's all I can say. Fair. That's fair enough. That's all. Uh, that's all we're going for. Um, our other two. Our other two correspondents. Namdi picked Jamaran, who's probably the favourite behind Zion Williamson. There's a lot of excitement about him in Memphis. Uh, him and uh, Jaron Jackson to sort of lead the team into the into the next sort of lead the dynasty almost. Lead them into the next five ten years. Who knows? And. Um, a very left field pick from Jeffries uh, in Hachimura, who I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, now this would, again, this would be a, probably more of a surprise than if Kobe White wins it. But again, he'll be on the Wizards, um, who are a rebuilding side. Now, no rebuilding rookies don't normally win Rookie of the Year. I mean, you know, you've got the likes of you know. Uh, Doncic, etc. But I, I, I doubt again the Wizards could could actually finish bottom of the East, which would you know sort of put the likes of Hachimura out of contention immediately. Uh, he was great in college. He was great in yeah. the FIBA World Cup. Um, there's a lot of excitement actually, obviously in Japan about him. He's um, he's a Jap- he plays for the Jap- Japanese national team, and I think yeah. he could cause a few waves. So that's that's an interesting little pick. Um, but I don't know about you, but I think I've had enough of discussing potential. I think I want to discuss the real things. I, I think I want to discuss who's actually going to win this thing. Because, you know, we can talk about bottom, we can talk about, oh, they're rebuilding, oh, they've got a great potential. I want to talk about this year. Yeah. Um, just uh, just to stop you there, Camille, um, we did obviously gloss over the um, big, big favourite for Rookie of the Year. I, I feel like we felt that it was potentially better left unsaid, but just so uh, viewers aren't, um, you know, they don't call us out after on our Twitter, of course, um, you have Ben Simmons. Of course, he's the runaway favourite, but, you know, when we were just discussing that, we were just saying who's going to come second, really, to Ben Simmons when it comes to winning that award. So uh, just to clarify things up for you guys, so you just don't come at, come at us. Okay, fair enough. Um, there's yeah, there's no no offense, no offense needed there. So, lest you lest you worry, buddy. That, that joke has probably been completely buried, but I think it needed to be made. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it would be a travesty if travesty if you didn't. So I'm well, gonna going back start, to it. Uh, so this year, NBA <laughs> champs and finals MVP. 
Yeah, um, there's. I think this should be pretty quick because there's no. I don't think anyone's going for anything other than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, yeah, yeah. And no, that that wasn't that wasn't true. That wasn't just a that that wasn't that was a joke. That wasn't just a brain fart. There, of course, I'm talking about the LA Clippers, and I think the Finals MVP will be Kawhi Leonard once again. They're odds on to do it. They're seven to two to do it. Um, I've gone for this. Jeffries have gone for this. Um, uh, they've got Paul George. They've got Shai Gillis Alexander. They've got Lou Williams. They've got Kawhi Leonard. They've got I mean, Montrezl Harrell. They've got um, just just a phenomenal outfit. And I mean, if anyone manages to stop them, I think that would be a bigger surprise than if they win it. You know, it's it's theirs to lose at the moment, and I think that ends the discussion. But if you wanna if you wanna provide some something contrary, I'd I'd feel free. No, uh, nothing to disagree with. Just to be annoying, um, just to remind you, Shea Gilgis was traded to OKC in that. Oh my um, goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, you know that might change with my Clippers, so, yeah. itself because who do the Clippers now have a point guard? Um, Sir, I think they'll be starting Patrick Beverly. Right. With uh, to be Will. fair, that's 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 not really a downgrade, is it? No, no, exactly. Um, at this moment in time, um, that makes them probably, well, by far and away the fiercest uh, defensive team. So, yeah, anyone who's not picking them, I'd say you're basically taking into consideration potentially um, load management when it comes to Kawhi. But say if the Clippers aren't as patient with Kawhi as the Raptors were, which may lead to um, like further injuries for Kawhi. If you take those things into account, then maybe the Clippers aren't your favourite, but. If that team played tomorrow in a final series against any other, I would take them 99 times out of 100. Yeah, no, no disagreement there. There is a disagreement from from London actually. Um, of course, the Lakers, of course there is. The Lakers are being picked. I mean, the Lakers are 21 to well, five to win. Sorry, they're not, they're the second most likely team, but it's a weird pick. The Lakers. This is the Lakers, of course, who did not make the playoffs last year. Okay, they added Mr. Anthony Davis, who is a phenomenon, but really? You got you got Rondo as your starting point guard and you're gonna win the championship. I would ask this absent man to explain himself, but he's he, he's <laughs> not here. So I, sh- I shan't slander, I shan't slander. I shall just slander his pick. If you win with Rondo as your starting point, point guard, Sir, you are, you have broken the NBA system. Yeah, it's not 2010 anymore. It's it's a decade on. I completely agree with you. Give it up. Give it up. Well, it depends. Right, on the Bonds primarily pays point guard though, because that's what uh, some people are suggesting is going to happen. Oh, who that? Well, I mean, um, preseason really really didn't get to see much. Um, I don't think AD and LeBron paid much, but. Um, I think with the aging uh, Rondo, when it comes to like those clutch important moments, um, Rondo's defense has really decreased dramatically for, for across the past few years. He used to be uh, lauded as one of the better defensive players, but now I say he's much more a liability than a positive on that end. Lateral speed being uh, one of his big deficiencies now. So yeah, I mean, if LeBron plays the point, like, honestly, anything can happen. Um, if his shooters, if the shooters around him are, uh, you know, shooting like the Miami days, then 
I don't think it's as ridiculous a pick as you make out. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's a reason they're second favourite to sort of win it. And it is going to be a Western team that does win it. We you know, however good uh, the Bucks and the 76ers are, you know, it's, those, those four teams are likely to be in the final, but I think it's only the, the West, a Western team that can, that can take the title. Um, yeah. There's, there's something else to say here, though. There's finals MVP, but I'm not sure if that will actually be the regular season MVP the same. Of course, we've got the likes of, um, we've got a lot of load management, etc. So, who's your regular season MVP? Steph Curry. Wow, okay, that makes two of you. That makes you and uh, Samuel Jeffries, actually. So... From what I'm gathering, and I had a chat to him earlier, it's mainly because of the kind of extra freedom and space he gets. There's no Clay, no KD, no Igadola. You know, it's just him. Of course, it's him and uh, D'Angelo probably next to him. But he could he could, he could really put up some numbers just with some freedom here. Is that is that is that your sort of? Yeah, and um, it also, of course, when it comes to MVP, you have to look out how well that team is going to do in the conference and. Um, it really is, I think, people who don't pick Steph maybe are underestimating the Warriors. Um, so, like, I see envision them maybe finishing around the 4 seed, which I think is good enough um, for him to win the MVP. And, yeah, um, that's exactly right. And he's going to have to take, by far and away, the most primary role on offense that he's ever had to take without play. Um, and we'll see with D'Angelo Russell um, how much they play alongside each other. But me personally, I don't see it happening too much. I see it happening more as a, as a Houston system whereby you always have one of um, Harden or Chris Paul on the court. And you're really looking to... Um, well, with Houston, you also had Eric Gordon, right? Um, so that was an exceptional two-guard there that you, you would always have on the court. But... Um, yeah, I think um, with him taking on so much responsibility on offense, the other superstar player you have aside from D'Angelo is Draymond, who you're going to be consciously contributing on the defensive end, um, more so again than ever, because now he doesn't have Clay, now he doesn't have KD Draymond, so he's going to really have to pick up the slack there. So the offense is going to be purely Steph. Steph's going to put up probably 30 points, a game. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the leading scorer in the NBA. And yeah, that's really all I have to say. Fair enough. Um, my MVP is actually, I mean, Curry, he make a great case for Curry, but I don't think you can look further than Mr. James Harden, actually. Um, I mean, last season he was phenomenal. Uh, point scoring. I mean, and this season, I don't know how defenders are going to stop him. I mean, if you watch the Raptors against Rockets, I mean, Raptors actually match up very well against Rockets. But it's interesting to see how you're going to stop, how how Toronto looked to stop Harden. But he was still drawing the same fouls. He was still just sh- shooting from outside the perimeter whenever he wanted and making them whenever he wanted. Driving to the rim, drawing, drawing fouls, uh, going up to the basket. Uh, of course, you know, you've got that def- defensive liability, but of course... A lot of people didn't acknowledge the amount of steals he got last season. So he's still underrated in that aspect. 
So I, I just don't see how I can look past him. I think the Rockets are going to finish on third seed. I don't think they're going to eclipse the Lakers or the or the um, Clippers, of course. Uh, and I've, they're not a brilliant playoff team. You know, they have choked the last few years. But I think Harden will will ball out in the regular season again. He's just he's hit his prime. He's going to ride these years, and he fully deserves it. Again, I, like you said with Curry, it's very hard uh, to argue against that pick. Um, just a shout out uh, to anyone who watches anime. Um, there's this anime called Kuroko's Basketball, and they all have like to quickly explain it. Like they all have these like special moves, Kamel. So like because it's an anime like some of them are just ridiculous like there's this guy who shoots 100% three-pointers like wherever he's standing oh like Matt Thomas oh no please let's let's potentially get onto that later oh goodness gracious me um (laughs) look um just to make a point here about Harden um when I first saw that one-legged bloody jumper I thought to myself like am I living in an anime right now I I could not believe my eyes I can't believe he's actually been practicing that in the off-season. I thought he just did it as a one-off, as a laugh. But apparently he's been practicing that with his personal trainer. And there's been videos that, I, well, I haven't seen, but there are videos out there of him practicing that. I, I just want to know what you think about that, Kamel. Is that a viable shot? It's sensible. He knows that teams and coaches are just going to spend the off-season looking how to stop James Harden because he's unstoppable. You know, it's not like the Bron where you can sort of throw bodies at him, you can sort of hope for an off-shooting. Harden's gonna shoot every single night and he's gonna kill you from whatever angle. And this is just another bow in his archer quiver thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is either, mate. Don't worry about it. Another arrow in his bow, sorry. That's probably the right phrase. It's not Listen, that either, I don't think it's stopped. close enough. It's close yeah, enough. I, I don't think Harden can be stopped. Um, what about MVP <laughs> Anthony Davis, according to Namdi? Oh my God! This does he support the Lakers? Uh, he's a he's a bron a bronze sexual, I think. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, fine. That's all we need to say there. And uh, and a missed um, a missed reading, of course, was he he did say LeBron as he refers to him. Legoat would be the Finals MVP. Right. So, yeah. no surprise there. All right, um, I've been looking forward to this sort of surprise package for a while. Can you tell us what this surprise package category is? Yeah, and before you all go and, uh, you know, interpret this in the wrong way, um, surprise package that is, um, this is like, it, it depends on how you look at it, Kamel, but it's a surprise team, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Or, or um, surprise player. Basically... One of those two, which which of those, like player or team, do you think is going to come out of the blue? Somebody or a team that has been completely under discussed and, you know, takes the limelight next season. I got a team. I got a team. And this is a Raptors podcast, but I think the Toronto Raptors deserve to be the surprise package this year. They have been out of all the discussions, whether you read The Athletic, The Ringer, whatever you read, the Raptors have been labelled as a lower half seed in the East. However, lest you forget, the Raptors are not just Kawhi, the Raptors are not just Danny Green. When the Raptors did not have Kawhi last year, they went 17-5. and 
This year, they've got back the likes of OGN Anubi, they've added likes of Matt Thomas, Rande Hollis Jefferson, Stanley Johnson, Terence Davis, who all impressed in preseason. They're developing. They Siakam is going coming off for an MIP season. You've got Kyle Lowry motivated, who's just signed an extension. You've got veterans in Gasol and Ibaka. You've got Fred Van Vliet, who was a surprise breakout star of the finals. How can you not rate this team at least a third, fourth, you know, maybe a fifth seed at minimum? But they're going to be challenging. The Raptors yeah, are going to surprise everyone. Like they're going to come out balling. They're going to come out. And you know what? They're going to prove Ka- to Kawhi and bless Kawhi with all their heart. They're going to prove to Kawhi that they didn't need him. And of course, that long sentence is just nonsense. Of course, we needed a Kawhi. Kawhi gifted the city one of the greatest moments in Toronto sporting history. However, I think the Raptors could still be a surprise package this season. They're not going to win it all. They're not going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but you know what? They're going to be a fun team to watch and the surprise package. Amen. Amen to that. Well, care to follow that? Well, I've honestly, you've pretty much said uh, everything that needs to be said about them. Um, I guess I'll go on to when it comes to uh, my surprise team. Um, They're not a surprise. If you listen to this podcast, if you listen to the, our one previous episode, um, I believe you said it was, uh, we mentioned like the Miami Heat, didn't we, Kamel? Yeah. Um, even in that episode, I'm sure I found a way to sneak in the Utah Jazz and, of course, the best player in the NBA, Bojan Bogdanovic. Utah Jazz, sorry. Utah Jazz, right, in, in our previously... Um, deleted episode or our previous recording of this i i may have spoken for at least half an hour on this topic i'll i'll limit it now but um look at their starting team like look at their starting lineup and tell me that doesn't that, that could be an all-star team that's you've got mike conley got a guy who should really he should have been an, an all-star a long time ago potentially he's in in for making it this season you've got donovan mitchell who's who might be even the best player for them next season it depends on um like jason tatum if he gets over that sophomore slump um well he didn't slump as much as uh jason tatum but you know he wasn't playoffs donovan mitchell then you have bojan bogdanovic again the best player in the nba you have rudy gobert at center and for the life of me, oh Joe Ingles, how how could I forget Joe Ingles? I mean, Ingles, you he was terrific for Australia in the FIBA Championship again, unsurprisingly. Um, and again, you look at that starting roster that has experience, that has one up and coming youngster who's looking to prove himself as a potential superstar player in this NBA. I think really the only thing that holds this team back in terms of um, how they're being rated is really it's because they're in Utah but nobody really cares about Utah I mean these aren't the days of like Stockton and Malone sure but like this team has been so unbelievably consistent for so long now that um, I mean they've still got the boring label tag to them but I think So that's why Samuel Jeffries has chosen Portland. 
personally, it's tough to see them get, becoming more than a Western sort of lower lower half seed. And that actually wraps up our predictions. So don't worry, we've noted all down, we put them in an envelope and we're all going to open them at the end of the season to see who comes first. Varel, do you back yourself? No. I, I, what I imagine no. happening is in the first week, in the first week Zion's shoe Zion. is going to split open. He's going to injure his ankle. He's going to be out for the whole year. Um, this is what's so exciting. I think about this prediction. Like again, with the NBA, like with injuries, like this could go completely out of the window. So I don't back myself at all, frankly. Well, you know, with that attitude, you can do anything. <laughs> thank you all for listening this has been actually a slightly longer episode you may notice but in the future we're going to go for those short commute style episodes right to your ear we're going to see you actually next time when tip-offs happened and we're going to look forward to Raptors facing Zion and co coming up uh, before that we'll, we'll have a look at of course the likes of Yankees and the Astros but however once the NBA season starts that's all that's going to dominate the American sports media and, of course, the British sports media. We've got people all over England now covering it. And as we said last show, we're looking into some more BBL coverage. But as always, stay tuned. And Burrell, thank you once again for making an appearance. It was an absolute pleasure, Mel. Ma'ashallah.